Every morning, I park my car across the street from my business, and I can't wait to get in there. That's pretty common for small business owners. We have the added satisfaction, however, of guiding hundreds of families with their retirement, education, savings, and general investments. We're a locally owned business that tries very hard to simplify a complicated world. This is Monty Sneed from Caledonian Financial in Historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Do you want to give back to an individual with disabilities and help change a life? The Guide Dog Foundation and America's Vet Dogs are seeking volunteers to help raise future guide or service dogs. Puppy raisers provide loving homes for puppies until they are old enough to begin formal training. Help raise an adorable pup into a future guide or service dog for a person who is blind, visually impaired, a veteran, or a first responder. Visit puppy.guidedog.org to learn more. That's guidedog.org. Sponsored by the Guide Dog Foundation. What's your favorite radio station? 101.7 WKOM. <laughs> Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution to keep this fight clean at all times. And what I say, you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia. It's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! Okay, welcome to a cold, frosty Wednesday. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. We've got a, an interesting show lined up for you today, and we'll get started with it. Clayton Harris, dude number two, has parked the bus and entered the building. No, there's no bus running, is there? No, no, no bus running until January the second. Uh huh. I think I think that's when they go back to school. So. All right, dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody out there. Yeah, yeah. it's cold this morning, man. Plenty of frost out your way, I assume. Was out mine. Yeah. Dickle time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the morning, first thing. <laughs> right, for breakfast, right. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. Uh, we're always delighted to have him when school's out. Uh, he represents, he, he's on Team York, represents the progressive point of view. Seth Campbell, how you doing, man? Hey, good morning. It was it was cold out there. The dogs didn't want to get up this morning. They want to stay on the couch. I had yeah. to kick them out. Out there at Hound Dog Holler. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was heavy frost this morning, but we got them out, fed them some boiled lamb liver for breakfast, and then hit the road. I, I love it when they just stick a nose out the door and then just turn right around. Oh, yeah. They, they just decided they didn't like it. There we go. Debbie Matthews, regular special guest, dude. How are you? So good. So good to be here. Good morning. <clears throat> so right. glad to be here for this show. Glad you're here. Uh, and, Seth, you wrote a great column in Main Street Murray this week and, uh, saying that, uh, you know, our holiday season should transcend the political bickering that we oftentimes engage in, whether we are Democrats or Republicans. Christmas time is a special occasion, and we should all put politics on the back burner. And, and I echo that sentiment. However, we've got a guest today, though, who's uh, going to make it very hard uh, for us to do that this season. And, and I, I know you go on to say that people who are... Uh, you know, engage in doom and gloom for this country and that kind of thing. Uh, although I think our next guest uh, is makes it very difficult to see a future for 
due process democracy in this country. And full disclosure, though, Seth brought our guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so thank you for doing that. Yeah, uh, and I, I think that kind of speaks to what I'm, I mean, transcends the political bickering that, you know, I'm, I'm here with a room full of conservative folks. I'm happy to be here. Um, you know, we haven't shot. Well, no, no, yet. wait a minute. Mr. York's in the room. I, yeah, I, I, the virtual room. Yeah, yeah Mr. York's here. I mean, but yeah, you know, I just not everything's doom and gloom for me. I think we can find connections, things that we agree with, like today. You know, uh, across the aisle and work on what we can agree with. Not everything is hellfire and brimstone all the time. Okay. Well, sort of against again. The, it's hard to do that with the guests, that, and I, I respect what you're saying. It's hard to do that. I know what you with, mean with yeah. the guests that we have. Sarah McAbee, uh, her husband is imprisoned, has been for two and a half years without bail. Uh, she's from Thompson Station. He's a January 6th defendant. Your husband, Sarah McAbee, welcome. Thank you for having me on. Glad to have you. And your husband's name is Ronald Colton McAbee. Ronald Colton McAbee, and well, just tell us how it started. I started on January 6th. Um, he went to Washington, D.C. to air his grievances um, due to the election. A friend at the time had invited him to go. He was a law enforcement officer for Williamson County, and he was off that day, so they made their way to Washington, D.C. He was there that morning to hear President Trump speak because he really thought with the way the election gone was had gone that this was going to be the last time that he had heard him speak and of course he summoned everybody to come and so he went that day not knowing that it was going to be a life-changing event for him after they heard president trump speak they went down to the capitol he never went inside the capitol but he found himself at the lower west terrace tunnel where a lot of the waves of violence had happened and when he was standing there he saw an officer down in distress so he went to go aid this officer because the line of duty of officers weren't doing anything to help this one officer on the ground so he tries to go pick him up and get him back to the line of duty but while he's trying to do that he sees roseanne boylan who unfortunately passed away she was being beaten by another officer Yep, she was beaten to death by an officer. And so there's about seven minutes of his life, seven to ten minutes, where he steps in to help this officer. Every time he went to pick up this officer, they charged him with assault with a deadly weapon. He fell down the stairs with this officer because the protesters had successfully pulled him down the stairs. And so he's over top of him for about 20 seconds, protecting him. He's My husband is yelling at the protesters, no, quit, stop. And the officer says, get off me, man. My husband says, I'm one of you, I'm helping you. And he says, I know, I know, help me up. So he rolls him over onto his side. He helps him back up to the line of duty. He goes to Roseanne Boylan's body that they had since moved away and starts to look through a bag for medical supplies to give her mouth to mouth. They decide as a group to pick her up, take her back to the line of duty. When she gets there, he starts to give her chest compressions before they drag her body away. Now there was another officer that watched this entire thing that went down and said thank you twice to him and shielded him when the, the protesters came back to the line of duty because they were so upset about what they had just witnessed and put his arm around him and said, I got you, man. And because of that, in August of 2021, the FBI raided our house. They apprehended him. And it, it took me a year and a half before I was able to lay, lay my eyes on him again. So when you Amazing. said— And your house is in Thompson Station, correct? Yes. And you said he was a police officer. He was. He was so, Williamson County. So did Williamson County— remove him from the police force before he was no ma'am oh, so williamson county stood by him no no ma'am they, they uh they didn't remove him but they have not stood by him since all of this has happened so they have st- been told not to speak to us 
Okay. Okay. So how many years was he on the police force in Thompson Station? Uh, Williamson County, he, we had just moved up here during COVID. Okay. Uh, so November of 2020, but he was a law enforcement officer for seven years. Okay. So where are you all from? East Tennessee. Okay. Where in East Tennessee? Right outside of Knoxville. Okay. Like Farragut, Harrogate, Farragut? Uh, no, a little bit further about the Kingston area. It's a pretty area. So he had been a police officer up there for seven years? Yeah, collectively seven years. And then moved down here in 2020? Yes. Okay. All right. Several questions arise. We'll try to parse them all out. First of all, is John Maccabee? Is that what you told me? Ronald Maccabee. Ronald Maccabee. I'm sorry. Uh, he was a, well, with the Williamson County Sheriff's Department? Where yes. Was, okay. And had he ever has he ever been uh, criminally involved before ever been charged no. with anything for his life no upstanding citizen actually won awards in his law enforcement career okay but had a, a enough of a passion about president trump and the election to go to the rally in washington dc yes and you did not go i did not go okay and well believe you told me y'all don't have children correct okay so He's as a result of all this. Tell me exactly what uh, Ronald McAbee was charged with. He was charged with seven charges, um, all felonies, two um, assaults with deadly weapons, a 111A and a 111B, and um, that is because every time he touched the officer, they charged him with assault. Um, and the deadly weapon is motorcycle gloves that you can buy off of Amazon that have no metal in them and that he never used. And the government acknowledged it, but they didn't change the charges to just simply assault charges. And then he was charged with... Motorcycle gloves are the deadly weapon? Yes. Motorcycle gloves. Did he have them on? He had them on, and he never used them. Actually, when he pushed the officer away after the officer attacked him with the baton, he pushed him away, and his hands were in an open face um, fashion. Okay, so when did when did an officer attack? But that that's motorcycle gloves are the deadly weapon. That yes, that seems with. preposterous to me. Just on face value, that motorcycle gloves would be right. a deadly weapon. I assume you're just talking about these regular leather motorcycle gloves you yep. see people riding up and down the street with all day long, right? Yes. Yep. He, um, the, another officer, when he bent down to pick up this officer on the ground, another officer came up to him and hit him across the ribs and the shoulder with a baton. And he, he put space, what they're taught to do, he put space between him, he shoved him off, um, put space between them and said, I'm helping, I'm one of you. So he was very communicative with the line of officers throughout this entire process. Okay. Uh, so assault, two accounts of assault with a deadly weapon. What else? Uh, all the different trespassing charges um, that they, you know, entering, remaining, um, being on those grounds that day. They're just, they're basically the same charge that's reworded, so they can charge them with more. And then he was charged with a felony of civil disorder. Is that okay. a felony? Civil disorder? I never heard of it. And I was a federal prosecutor for 25 years, but, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, this just this astounds me, and I never saw it. I was an assistant U.S. attorney in Nashville, and I never saw anything like this. It certainly would have not charged anybody. I would not have characterized motorcycle gloves as a deadly weapon. And, Sarah, for all these charges, how many how many years? He hasn't been sentenced yet. He was awaiting sentencing. How many years is on the table? Um, when they arraigned him, they told him 68 years, and um, we believe the government hasn't come back yet with their pre-sentencing report, but we believe they're going to ask for 168 to 204 months. That's 14 to 17 years. 
Okay. Uh, now, let's get back into Now, you, you keep talking about the line of duty. What's that? The line of officers. Okay. And and that was on the, the what, the south side of the Capitol? Um, the west. It was the lower west terrace tunnel. Okay. All right. Now, is your husband a member of uh, Proud Boys or Oath Keepers or anything like that? No, sir. Okay. Uh now, the FBI came and raided your home. Did they knock or just uh, do a no-knock entry? I actually was not home when it happened. Um, I was traveling for work. But um, they actually took him at work. So the reason they said that they didn't bring the battering ram like they do for all of the other January 6th defendants is they couldn't based on how our porch our porch was elevated. So they couldn't have done anything like that anyway. But they took it. They apprehended him at work when he pulled in. And then after they apprehended him, they sent the crew to our house to raid our house. And they were there for about three to four hours. And your husband has been in prison since that since that day. Yes. Where is he in prison? He's in Washington, D.C. How long did it take for him to get an attorney and to get through the, to the trial process? He hadn't gotten there yet, did he? 28 months. Oh, so, so he – oh, I thought he had already gone through his trial. No. He did. He was held 28 months before trial. Before trial. But yeah. he's awaiting sentencing They're waiting now. sentencing. So he's had a trial. Oh, there was a trial. It was recent, correct? September? Yes. Yeah, it started um, – it actually started in October, October, and it lasted seven days. Did the police officer that said thank you twice, did he appear on his behalf – at the yes, trial? he did testify. And testified on your behalf? Yes. And but that doesn't matter in Washington, D.C. Actually, it didn't even matter that the video evidence proved everything in his favor. That didn't seem to matter you to the You think it was predetermined jurors. before, no matter what happened, you think it was predetermined what was going to happen? Absolutely. So yes. you have the video evidence? Yes. Would you like to come to the conservative Republican <laughs> meeting in January and bring absolutely. the video? We will show it all and let you speak. Absolutely. That is the fourth Monday of the month. So anybody listening, Sarah's going to come and we're yeah. going to we're going to look at the video evidence with you. You know, what's really interesting is um, for January 6th defendants as a whole, you have never seen in history where the defendants say release all the video evidence. We have nothing to hide. Usually they're like, don't release it. It's going to prove the narrative, you know, but that's not true. They're saying release it. And specifically in my husband's case, he's screamed from the rooftops from the very beginning. His story has never changed. He called me on January 6th on his way home from the Capitol to, to the hotel he was staying at. His story that day has never changed to today. Okay, let's let's back up a little bit. So, but I believe you told me that you were. It was a year and a half after his arrest, and they took him uh, to Washington D.C. and put him in jail until you got to speak to him. I could speak to him. I could not see him. So they had COVID measures in place. They had no video visits. And so I did not see him until April of this past year, 2023. And I saw him, I had to travel to Washington, D.C., and I saw him for 30 minutes behind glass. Otherwise, it's just been telephone communication. Yes, 15 minutes a day. My goodness. That's, that's okay. crazy. Let, 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 let me, let, let's... Uh, was was your husband able to afford a private lawyer, or did he have a 
federal public defender? No, so we had a federal public defender to begin with because we didn't really understand this process in the Middle District of Tennessee where he was granted bond by a Middle District judge here. Oh, tell me about that. But the government appealed it. So we went in front of the judge and um, one, the government withheld evidence. So five minutes into the first hearing, we had to go into recess because the the government never provided the evidence to our attorney. We went back actually. Whoa, 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 slow down. Because I listen, I was 25 years a federal prosecutor, and I, I've never heard of the kind of things you're telling me or saw that kind of thing in Nashville, Tennessee. But your initial bond hearing was in Nashville mm-hmm. with correct? Judge Friendsley. Okay, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, He's and, a good judge. And so he he granted uh, he granted a, a bond yes. to your husband, a bond that he, y'all could have. Well, there is no money with bond. I, I know so, that. I know that. So most, of our listeners, gonna, most of our listeners yeah. don't know how that Difference, works in the yeah. federal system. But yeah. but, but at any rate, it was a bond that y'all could manage yeah. and get released. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep, and the government appealed it. To where? To Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., where I assume your husband appeared in front of another federal magistrate in Washington, D.C. Yes, uh, Judge Sullivan, who within five minutes called him a terrorist on record. Okay. And that tells me a lot because uh, Chip Friendsley is a very reasonable fella. And he, to, to be held without bond under the federal system, the judge has to find either that you're a danger to the public or that um, you're a risk of flight. Which was it with Ronald? Um, a danger to the community. With no prior record. With no prior record. And being a police officer. Being a police officer. Okay. So all Judge right, Friendsley and the, so, him- and the judge and so Judge Friendsley. All right, we, it's time to take a break and come back. I'm, I'm just not believing. I mean, I believe what I'm hearing. I think here there's right. some heartburn in this room right now. Is what I'm what I'm sensing. <laughs> well, there's there's some, been dis- heartburn disbelief. for three years. Disbelief. We, yeah. A lot I of mean, disbelief. this is just way outside the box. Judge Friendsley is. Now, if he thought your husband was a danger to the community or a risk of flight, he, he would not have hesitated right. to order him hell. He's not that kind of guy. No. But, okay. Mm. He let him go. Let's, let's, yeah. Well, let him go under, under condition Bob's, that he yes. reappear at his yeah. next court Absolutely. date. Yeah, all right, let's take a break. Jingle bells, houses sell all the time of the year. To get the most out of your house, let us help you there. With free home staging, yard landscaping, and some free repairs. We will carve for you to make your dreams come true. Mr. Grinch, beware. Merry Christmas to you and your family from George Varalis and The Way Realty. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus Christ changes lives. Parks Motor Sales is our area's premier GMC dealership. Their lot at 919 Nashville Highway has an impressive selection of GMC vehicles, trucks from the light-duty GMC Canyon to the Sierra 3500 Heavy Duty, and everything in between. GMC's SUVs are impressive with the Terrain, Acadia, and Yukon. Want luxury? Ask about Denali upgrades. Go to ParksMotorSales.com for information and see their awesome offers and services. Parks Motor Sales, GMC. We are professional grade. Hello, 
I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. By now you all know about Don, our service truck guy. Well, let me tell you about another member of our service team, and that's Mike Ashley. He's the guy you'll talk to when you call the office. Just call and talk to Mike one time at 931-540-0919, and you'll see why we're lucky to have him here at the Garbage Man. Thanks, Mike, for all you do to keep the Garbage Man first in service. That's 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. 
Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. With the view, cold, frosty Wednesday edition. My name is Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Dude number two. Well, before that, just a little programming notes here. This is one of the most compelling episodes I think you'll ever hear on Three Dudes with a View. Uh, you can. It will be archived on our website in the podcast if you want to listen to it at your convenience. Uh, you can also go wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, wherever. Three Dudes with a View, uh, Front Porch Radio, Three Dudes with a View, uh, and listen to it at your convenience. You can also, if you're listening right now, you may want to hop on your phone so you can watch. Uh, We've got a live feed going on our website as we speak. You can watch, and that live feed will be archived there, so you can watch later and listen if that's what you'd like to do. But uh, I I think you're going to want to... You're going to want to watch this. Uh, yes, our guest doesn't have horns, and she doesn't look like somebody with snaggle teeth. <laughs> no, and she doesn't look like a fine, upstanding member of no, society. No, she's not right. wearing a MAGA hat or That's a right. Confederate flag. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, she's just a wife uh, who's very distressed, and rightfully so. Uh, dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Regular special guest, dude, and. Uh, and with Seth Campbell, and again, this, this, what, what we're hearing here is is contrary to the democratic narrative. And Seth, you were enough of a fellow to an American patriot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thank you. No, I mean, I'm not used to that. Well, no, yeah. I mean, it's no, you are. But this is good. And I, I really, really appreciate that, Debbie. But you know, in the last several years, you know. In rural Tennessee, you know, anything you do as a Democrat is vilified, you know, and and so I, I really do appreciate that. Yeah, but you you brought on somebody this morning because you do believe in due process. Yes, yes, okay. due process for okay. everybody. Hang on though. Yeah, dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Sorry, Mr. York. I was just going around the room and I got Miss Sorrell here. The uh, Debbie Matthews, regular special guest, too. Yes. Good morning. And uh, our guest this morning is Sarah. Maccabee, Sarah Maccabee. That's uh, her husband is Ronald Maccabee. He is a January six uh, defendant. He's in prison. Has been since the raid, what some two years ago on your Williamson County home. All right. So your husband is arrested, Judge Chip Friendsley, uh, who is a personal friend of mine. And but he's now he's not. Uh, people have thought come to think of judges as political these days and the supreme court that's a whole nother story and it's a shame that people are thinking but they have reason that things are political in the courts but uh you know what what we saw with roe v wade uh and what we're seeing with january 6 clearly smack of a political agenda 
so people are just now instantly assuming that judges are either Democrat or Republican and they're going to make their decision on those bases. Uh, Chip Friendly, though, is not one of those. He, I have no idea what his politics are. Uh, and like I said, if he thought that your husband was a danger to the public or a risk of flight, he would have ordered him held uh, and been in a, in a heartbeat. And I, I trust Judge Friendly's, Friendly's decision because I know him and I've practiced in front of him. Okay, so Judge Friendly orders your husband to be eligible for release. Mm-hmm. And then your husband goes to Washington where he appears in front of another magistrate because that's the jurisdiction in which the case is to be tried. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take that magistrate to call your husband a terrorist? Five minutes before he said it on record. That was just the, the, the appeal for the bond. He hadn't even looked at the video evidence yet. So, and, and, and what prompted him to call your husband a terrorist, if you recall? Um, the prosecution was talking about him and he agreed with them saying, um, that he was among other uh, terrorists as well. And was your husband charged with conspiracy of any type? No. He has no terrorism, no terrorism enhancement and no conspiracy charges. Yet the prosecution was arguing a conspiracy. And the judge accepted that. Yes. Okay. Now, so from that point on, your husband is held. Where where is he in prison? Where where was he in prison in Washington D.C.? Uh, in Washington D.C., the District of Columbia. What's jail. the name of the jail? Do you know? I mean, what what type of facility was it? Do you know? Is it a federal prison? No, it's not. It's city. It's a D.C. city jail. Yes. Okay. Is he in solitary? So uh, yes, they, it's considered solitary. They're not allowed to leave that pod. They're all the the pod is January six defendants only. So tell us All about right, whoa, 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 whoa. back up on that. They have a pod for January 6th defendants only? Yes. And they're not allowed to leave that pod? Correct. They How cannot other- go to the barbershop. They cannot go to chapel. The only thing they're allowed to do now, because Representative Troy Nell's out of Texas, went in there two years later in January of 2023, and they finally were granted visitation. So that was the first time they were allowed to leave that pod. And hence, that when they were allowed to leave that pod, you were able to go talk to your husband through a window. Yes, for thirty minutes. For thirty minutes. How, in how, April. Many, how, how many people, or I guess it's men, are in this pod? There, uh, any at, at most, they had fifty. Right now, it's about thirty-four. What? How would you describe? Well, of course, you've never seen the pod, have you? No. Okay. How would you describe the facility of the parts you have seen? It should be condemned. Yeah. And, folks, what people don't understand here is, you know, I'm working as a federal prosecutor all these years. The D.C. is entirely different. You know, we have a state government here. The state of Tennessee does prosecutions. The state of Tennessee operates prisons. Uh, When we had federal prisoners in Nashville, the U.S. Marshal Service would contract there's a difference between pretrial detention and where they go if they're actually imprisoned after a trial or a plea. Uh, here in Middle Tennessee, the marshals don't have a 
jail. So they contract with local uh, with local jails. Sometimes Murray County has served as such over the years, or sometimes it's a Southern Kentucky County. But that's where he was. There's no, as of right now, there is no U.S. Uh, Marshal holding facilities in Tennessee. So when he was apprehended, he was held in Kentucky. He's actually been moved seven times. In but the he last was two and he half was years. released though by Judge Friendly after being in Kentucky, right? In prison in Kentucky, correct? They kept him because they immediately appealed. Okay. But, so people will understand, I mean, I've never heard of conditions like this in federal court system in Middle Tennessee. I'm shocked. No, I mean, they're, they're absolutely horrific. I would like to like point out, I don't know if this is normal, Delk, you would know this, but how many times was he moved? Seven, Seven. times. So it's how many different, therapy. You know, how many different facilities? Six different facilities. Yeah. No, like a, that, that, federal prisoners do get... Do get uh, moved around quite a bit but to a common person that sounds it, mean having no what are they, no what are idea of what it, goes on that that seems insane to me they call it marshall's airline or something like that but con air uh, yeah yeah con air <laughs> the uh what is unusual here though is even when the u.s marshals here in middle tennessee contracted with local jails they were very strict about the conditions that uh the prisoners should be held here in Middle Tennessee, federal prisoners. And, you know, any jails that weren't clean, well run, you know, people allowed to get a haircut or whatever, you know, be treated humanely, uh, but imprisoned. I mean, any jail that was below standards, they they were instantly off the list. The marshals wouldn't use them anymore. In Washington, D.C., they um, are not allowed to leave the pod, like I said, to go to chapel. So um, once a month, somebody will come in and do Bible study with them now. Um, but that took two years for that to happen. They were not allowed to get a haircut for two years. They were not allowed to clip their fingernails for two years. Goodness. I mean, and the reason in um, September of 2022, after almost being, uh, being in jail for a year almost being in washington dc for a year he had walked to the medicine cart from his cell that he was held in for 22 hours a day he walked to the medication cart to take oral medication and wasn't wearing a covid mask but had been in that pod for 11 months and they sprayed him with an entire can of oc spray because he wasn't wearing a mask while taking oral medication how how big is this pod do you have any idea uh, it could hold about fifty to seventy men, double bunk. All right, what yeah, is but this? And, but what is he confined in twenty-two hours a day? That's not the pod, is it? No, that's his cell. It's how big is the cell? Is what Delt's asking. Uh, it's not big at all. Like it was smaller than my laundry room. What's it got in it? His cell, just a bed, and a toilet, a sink. And he's confined to that twenty-two hours a day. Yes. Does, is he allowed books and iPad? Anything? Yes, they are allowed softback books. But no electronics? Uh, they do have a tablet that they can watch movies on. Okay, and again, this can only happen because the marshals in D.C. obviously don't. They have their own local jail system. And I've never heard of prisoners being segregated according to the crime they committed. Like, you know, all you people who robbed the bank, you're going to be held together or whatever. <laughs> I, I've never heard of that. Uh and it sounds to me as if they were singled out, separated for some particularly uh, inhuman treatment. Do you take it that way? No, absolutely. The guards treat them terribly. You wouldn't well, treat your dog that way. This is this is this is. But I mean, they've they've actually said, okay, we, you J six people are the people we don't like, 
and we're going to treat you like dogs, so we're going to put you all in this pod over here where you're going to get yeah. worse treatment than anybody Their else. Their pod is absolutely treated differently than the other pods. They can see into the other pods, and they can talk to the other pods through the events, and they're absolutely treated differently. Well, it's it's a, right. it's a cautionary tale for other Americans that think about getting out of line. That's what this is about. Well, don't go to Washington, D.C. Right. I mean, Sarah, is it possible? Do you know of any January 6th defendants who've been acquitted after a trial? That's a good question. Two have been acquitted. Out Two African-American men. Out of how many? Um, there's 1,200, over 1,200 right now. There's 218 in jails across America. And, and, and two African-American men have been let go, have been acquitted of their charges. Is it possible for a January 6th defendant to get a fair trial with a District of Columbia jury? No, it's a 99.6 conviction rate among January 6th defendants. 99.6. That's just stunning. And all the folks, what they're supposed, what all these lawyers have done for, and I'm sure one was filed on behalf of your husband, motion for change of venue. Yes. They have all been benign, denied by these rabid, uh, biased judges when clearly they should have been granted. The trials should have been moved to, I don't know, Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, wherever. If they simply moved it over the river into Alexandria, Virginia, there would have been a 60% conviction rate. I'll tell you what, I've tried plenty of federal trials in Middle Tennessee, and there's no Middle Tennessee jury that would consider motorcycle gloves a dangerous weapon. That's just not going to happen. All right, we're breaking. We're coming back. Come, senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway. Don't block up the hall. For he that gets hurt will be the one who has stalled. There's a battle outside and it's raging. It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls. For the times they are a changing. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Bring in the new year with Ruby Screw at the Mule House in Columbia. Rubik's Groove is your premier outside of the box 80s, 90s, and aughts tribute band. Featuring a high energy, character driven performance, you're not going to want to miss this one. Rock, pop, hip hop, characters, costumes, and videos. For tickets and more information, go to themulehouse.com. That's themulehouse.com. See you on New Year's Eve. Guess what, Mr. Tillis? Not too long ago, you were saying it was too early to start Christmas shopping. But now is the perfect time, and we've been working on finding a great collection of jewelry for everyone, from vintage, modern, and custom designs. What about engagement rings for a Christmas or New Year's proposal? Ah, yes. We have both vintage and modern styles, all unique to show the perfect symbol of love. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia, owned and operated by Rick, custom designer, and Carrie, registered gemologist, assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Dudes with a View. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Additional programming note. Uh, this is our last regular segment. However, Clayton and I have been talking during the break. And um, uh, Sarah, if you can, stay with us. 
we're going to uh, just preempt the Chris Plant show after this show and go on uh, at least maybe another 30 minutes, perhaps another hour. Uh, so, folks, stay tuned. This is probably the most compelling show that I can recall on Three Dudes. I'm so glad you're doing that because just to shove 40 minutes worth of conversation about this is why the information's not getting out. I think all podcasts are an hour and a half to two hours anyway, and I think this show needs to be two hours. That's my personal opinion. I've said it for two years. Uh, You get started, I'm here, let's do this. That's regular special guest dude, uh, Debbie Matthews. Good morning. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, good morning. Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. Mr. Jim York, dude number one. How you doing, man? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. All right, Seth Campbell is a... uh, regular special guest dude when he's uh, not teaching school in mount pleasant so school's out and we've got seth welcome seth hey good morning thanks for having me good morning debbie we've said good morning to you we have with us sarah mackaby her husband ronald mackaby is a january 6th defendant he is he is and has been imprisoned in washington dc for what over two years now good morning sarah good morning okay where were we we were we were talking about uh, whether or not D.C. juries are impartial or, or D.C. judges are impartial, and it, clear, it appears clearly that they're not. Uh, you, uh, what, what about this? So you went to trial. The jury found your husband guilty? Yes, all charges. Including the motorcycle gloves? Including the motorcycle gloves. This might be a dumb question. How long do they like deliberate for? Uh, they deliberated for a, d- a day and a half, and actually, um, the prosecution sent back evidence to the deliberation room that was never admitted into the court. So that should have been a mistrial, and it wasn't. Yes, it should have been. All right. So the- how many? How long was it before while he was in jail before he got to trial? Twenty-eight months. Okay, so so his trial was what date? October of this year. Of this year. Okay. Is that normal, though? No. Okay. Not at all. I, 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 I mean, I if he had a treason, if he had a a, a treasonous uh, charge against him, okay, maybe treason yeah. lauds that up to that level. But I mean, I mean those those kind of lengthy, and I, and Sarah, when you speak to this. I mean, those kind of lengthy pretrial detentions usually only occur when the defendant is requesting extensions because they're trying to get together evidence or interview witnesses or that that kind of thing. Uh, Did your your husband, through his attorneys, request uh, extensions of time, or was he demanding? It was the government. The government kept requesting extensions of time. Now, you said something that pricked up my ears about that the government, which is the United States, of course, when you're in federal court, the United States is always called the government, Uh, that at least at the pretrial, at the detention hearing, that the the government withheld evidence. Mm-hmm. What what type of evidence was withheld? Exculpatory evidence. Well, that's yes. They also um, withheld the audio, so they never wanted the audio played. Because if you watch the video without it, you have no idea what's going on. It looks very chaotic. As soon as you turn on the audio, you can hear the conversations that he's having with the police officers, and still in trial. They never played the audio. They either sped up the video, slowed it down so you couldn't hear, or literally played the video with no audio. It was the defense that had to admit the audio. And was did the judge allow the audio to be admitted? Yes. And actually, a week before, the government tried to say no evidence of Roseanne Boylan can be played in the trial. 
Well, Roseanne, Roseanne's evidence is my husband's evidence because that's who he was trying to save that day. And and they didn't, it, that was not granted. Wow. And then, folks, this is something my ears are up about. I mean, withholding exculpatory evidence by the prosecution is a constitutional no-no. I mean, it's a death penalty. Lawyers get disbarred for withholding exculpatory evidence. It's not just some silly rule, uh, and it's not a, a ruling in a court. I mean, lawyers get disbarred. One of the most famous examples of that is the uh, district attorney over in North Carolina who handled the Duke lacrosse uh, oh, case, and he withheld material exculpatory evidence from the defendants that ultimately state of North Carolina disbarred him for doing it. Uh, and, you know, I, I seriously doubt that uh, uh, the Office of Professional Responsibility, which oversees U.S. attorneys, I, I mean, that Washington is, just, is a nest of snakes. I doubt they disbar. They should disbar an attorney who withholds exculpatory evidence, but I doubt it's going to happen. No. <laughs> no. All right, so... But so ultimately, though, your husband's attorneys did obtain the audio. Yes. Okay. And uh, is was there any other evidence that uh, you know of that uh, that your husband did not obtain that he sought to obtain? Um, there still is evidence that video. There's so many hours of video um, that they you know haven't released. Uh, even to the defendants or the attorneys, and uh, he fi- he still trial is over, and he still finds evidence that plays in his favor. I- again, it doesn't matter because the DC jury pool doesn't seem to care about justice. Um, they're 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 looked at as a day on the calendar instead of their actions. That's how they're judged by January sixth, twenty twenty one, instead of their actions that day by the DC jury. So it, you know, we had all the evidence that played in our favor. We had enough to prove that he was innocent of the charges that they charged him with, other than trespassing. If you want to charge him with that, but that's even one that you could argue um, based on the timing and there were no signs and that sort of thing. But the main charges, he should have been exonerated. Okay, and I, uh, you know, you're not the only one who's saying what you're saying about DC juries. I read a uh, a post by uh, a lawyer who apparently is a, a very competent lawyer who's defending January six defendants, who's who said that the DC juries won't even intellectually process the defense. In this case, your defense was, uh, you know, your husband was a law enforcement officer and when he saw other law enforcement officers in trouble he was trying to assist them yes and what what this lawyer said about it, he's tried several of these january 6 cases they won't even go back into the jury room and say well the defendant's theory is that he was defending uh or helping other mm-hmm. officers let's discuss that right he said he said the dc juries just don't even do that no, I'm actually surprised they deliberated as long as they did. You know, he even took the stand. He told his story. He walked through the evidence of what happened that day. On that note, what was his mindset going into it? Was he did he think he was walking the plank that there was that it was going to be a cut and dry? They were going to convict him. Absolutely. Okay, so that that was what he was thinking. He based didn't on have much hope. No, that's sad. No, based on what they've seen in other. No, but he couldn't plead guilty. I mean. He couldn't. No, they did. They offered him several plea deals along the way, which were absurd anyway. Why would you admit you're guilty on something that you're not guilty of? 
what, fear tactics. What right. kind of plea deals do they offer? Seven to ten years. Mm-hmm. For motorcycle gloves. Mm-hmm. For helping an officer and trying to save a woman's life. What you thought when he came home on January 7th, he'd be given an award for. In August, they came for him. Well, the take-home lesson here, folks, if you're conservative, just do not go to D.C. It's horrifying. What? What? I mean, I mean, this is truly horrifying. Look, I and got actually, about three questions I need to ask, Mr. McAvee. Okay. Uh, Shoot, Mr. Let, let me ask, the first question is, did your husband, before this, he went to Washington, did he believe the election was stolen? Yes. Okay. Is that a crime, Mr. York? Well, no, Mr. York, is that a crime? That's not a crime. I'm, I'm just asking. Okay. But if do you think that your husband was radicalized in any way by listening at TV, radio, and other media? No, I don't believe that. Okay. And and the third question I had, uh, because I was involved in demonstrations during the '60s. And there were people that wanted to throw rocks and do different things, and the, the the demonstrations were peaceful. And I know by being involved and getting caught up in that, many times we had to leave the people that were trying to start trouble. And my simple question is, when he saw the fracas and all the chaos going on, why didn't he just turn around and go the other way? You couldn't. There were so many people you couldn't move. You okay. mean he had a crowd behind him he couldn't turn around? No. There was a massive amount of people there that day. No, it wasn't. I mean, if you, that a lot of people have even said, yeah, I wasn't there that day. I, I don't know how many people were there. But even people that had went into the Capitol... Some of them didn't even want to go in, but you couldn't you couldn't turn around when you're in a sea of people. You can't turn around and walk the opposite way. So you just have to move with the crowd. And looking at the you know, I've seen quite a few video to her point, a lot of video evidence of it. It would be like going the opposite way after leaving a Vols game or a Titans game. You just can't do it. You either have to. I mean, you just can't do it. You can't swim upstream at that point with that that many people there. I've seen. I mean, you would be you. You just couldn't do it. Right. I see what you're saying, Seth. All right, we've got a couple more minutes. We are going to take a break at the top of the hour, and then we're going to come back. Now, folks, you're listening out there. You may have questions. Text us, 931-626-3131, 931-626-3131. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and so we are going to take a break at the top of the hour and uh, hold over with Sarah McAbee, whose husband, Ronald McAbee, is being held in uh, federal prison. Let's see, what time is it, Clayton? We got eight fifty-seven. All right, we got a couple of minutes here. Are you aware? Now, I saw your email address. You're a member of a foundation of some type, or a, I co-founded a foundation. And what is it? Uh, it's called Stand in the Gap, and it's a foundation that helps January six defendants. Okay, where can people go to get more information about that? Stand in the Gap dot foundation. And who founded that along with you? Uh, another January 6th defendant. So I, I run it. I'm the executive director. Okay. I think it's important to note that some good has, has come out of the situation. You know, it's not all the doom and gloom. I mean, it's a bad situation, undoubtedly. Yeah. But, you know, Sarah was able to um, to generate some, some good, decent things stemming out of a bad situation, which I think we all 
like to do in those when you know our backs against the wall so she was able to do that and there's more stuff she's done too i'm sure she would love to talk about the the, the good that's come out of the situation all right we're gonna do that we come back again we are preempting uh chris plant we'll be back after the top down don't stand in the doorway don't block up the hall for he that gets hurt will be the one who has stalled there's a battle outside and it's raging. Although he has not been convicted of or even charged with insurrection, the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that former President Trump's name cannot appear on the state's presidential election ballot. Citing the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, the Colorado Supreme Court said Trump was ineligible to hold the office of president and it barred him from the state's presidential primary. The Trump campaign claimed political bias and fear, calling it a flawed decision, and it promised a swift appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. White House correspondent Greg Clugston, all seven of the justices of the Colorado Supreme Court, are Democrat appointees. The prospects for a quick approval of another Ukraine aid bill are fading as the White House and congressional Democrats resist Republican demands that immigration reform and tighter border security be included in the aid package. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says uh, negotiations are ongoing. I think it's pretty safe to say that we've made some significant progress, but we obviously aren't there. Uh, but that needs to be a part of this overall request from the administration, which remains extremely important. Meanwhile, illegal aliens continue surging across the southern border in record numbers. 12,600 people encountered by Customs and Border Protection in a single day this week, and that's believed to be the highest number in a 24-hour period since record-keeping began more than 60 years ago. The AP reports the Biden administration has released a close ally Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro in a swap for jailed Americans. There's been no comment from the White House. The Maduro ally who was let go was arrested on a U.S. warrant for money laundering in 2020. Watching Wall Street, the Dow is down 58 points. More on these stories at townhall.com. Attention taxpayers, if you or your business owe the IRS back taxes or have years of unfiled tax returns, the IRS has greenlighted billions of dollars in tax relief to those facing financial hardship through its tax relief initiatives. If you have a delinquent tax problem and possibly facing wage garnishment, liens, levies, audits, or already in a payment plan, you may now qualify for significant relief. Qualifying and enrolling in this program could stop all collections, settle your tax problem, and may even reduce what you owe by up to 99%. Call the hotline at Tax Help USA to see if you qualify by dialing 800-476-0350. If you or your business owe at least $10,000 in back taxes to the IRS or state, you can now get the help that you need during these hard economic times. Call Tax Help USA to get your free tax assessment to see what you qualify for by dialing 800-476-0350. 800-476-0350. That's 800-476-0350. A strong earthquake has left many homeless in the frigid mountains of northwest China. Earthquake survivors in Dahidia mill around after spending a freezing night in tent shelters, retrieving some belongings with his wife from the ruins of their home built six years ago in Yangwa village. Hang Zongmin says, look at this, my house turned into this overnight. 
Houses caved in and crumbled in the Monday night earthquake that killed over 130 people and injured more than 900 others. Most of the casualties were in Gansu province and the rest in the province of Tinhai. I'm Charles Dilladesma. The United States is flying a long-range bomber in joint drills with South Korea and Japan, a show of force against North Korea. Today's B-1B bomber flyover comes days after North Korea performed its first intercontinental ballistic missile test in five months. Townhall.com. Well, this has been a long time coming. Southwest Airlines and its pilots reached a tentative labor agreement after three and a half years of negotiations. The last of the four major airlines to reach a deal with pilots. The Dallas-based carrier said Tuesday it was pleased to reach the agreement in principle, which it called a key milestone. Specific terms of the agreement weren't disclosed, but pilots in American, United, and Delta have won raises of roughly 40% over five years. Keith Peters reporting. Some Tesla employees in Sweden have gone on strike. The job action sparking sympathy strikes by union workers all across the country and in some other Nordic nations. Roughly 130 Tesla mechanics in Sweden walked off the job after the EV maker refused to sign a collective bargaining agreement. No Tesla employees anywhere belong to a union in Sweden, one of Europe's most heavily unionized countries. More on these stories at townhall.com. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the happy face truck today. It's time to ring in the new year right. Bama, a winner over the Georgia. It's time. Not hearing myself. There we go. We are back. Three dudes with a view on a special extended uh, program this morning. My name is Del Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jimmy Ork. <clears throat> Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And we have some special guests with us today, Seth Campbell, whose uh, school's out, so we get to have him. Seth, welcome. Hey, good morning, everybody. And Debbie Matthews is with us regularly. Good morning. Good morning. And our special guest this morning, the reason we're holding over is uh, Sarah McAbee. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Her husband has been held now for two years uh, as a January 6th defendant. He has to, uh, he is in a special pod uh uh, allegedly singled out for special treatment uh, worse than the other pods in the uh, antiquated jail in which he's being kept. And he spends 22 hours a day in a cubicle with a bed and a commode in solitary confinement. Have I got that right? Yes. Okay. Do you know, I, I, I read somewhere, but haven't found much more information about it, that the federal judge had actually released uh, maybe one or two of these January 6th uh, defendants under the Eighth Amendment because they're kept in violation of the cruel and inhuman treatment clause of the Eighth Amendment. Uh, has that happened? Yes, it is. There, in some cases, Brady violations and that sort of thing, but that is a very hard battle to fight. Yeah. Very oh, yeah. few people have been successful in that. Well, given the description of the judges that you're, the biased judges that you're speaking about, that. I, I doubt there are many D.C. judges who would even listen to that argument. 
No, you know, and we were talking earlier about, you know, they've made examples out of these individuals um, across the board, across America. And um, the thing that was said specifically in my husband's case by the judge, that if he wanted to make his voice heard, if he wanted to air his grievances, he should have stayed in Nashville, Tennessee to do it. But we have constitutional rights in America, and we have every right to air our grievance in Washington, D.C., if that's where we choose. We have a right to travel to D.C. and to air our grievances. Yeah, absolutely. But they said that he should have stayed in Nashville. Nashville. Historically, Washington, D.C. is is the backdrop of a historical you know, protests and well, we marches. just had the Million burning of DC yeah. before that, and it was just fine for everybody else. Well, that so. in itself is a constitutional violation of the, the yes. freedom of speech and association. It uh, seems like Washington DC doesn't go off of our founding documents anymore. So, no. are you? Is your husband appealing? Yes. Well, we have to wait to get to sentencing. Has been sentenced They didn't even set a date for sentencing, have they? February twenty twenty ninth. Okay. We and you'll be able to be there. Yes, that'll be in Washington DC. So I have a question here. I want to know how you're holding up. I want to know if they're attacking you or it's a daily barrage. Are they going through your financials? What What is happening to you? Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for asking how I am. It's a one day at a time thing. I literally every day ask the Lord to just give me the strength to get through the day, especially during the holidays and different days with celebrations and that sort of thing. We're going on three years of no Thanksgiving, no Christmas, no anniversaries, birthdays, that sort of thing. Um You know, and you think your day is going to be one thing and then something happens. You know, like when he was assaulted, when they go on hun- hunger strike, when How they cut off. How was he assaulted when he's by himself 22 hours a day? Uh, he went to the medication cart. Oh, that, okay. Yeah, to to get his oral medication. And because he wasn't wearing a COVID mask to take oral medication, they um, sprayed an entire can of OC spray within an inch of his eye. In his face, they threw him on the ground, handcuffed him, and removed him from the pod. My goodness. Have you, re- and this is another question, have you received any helpful support from our politicians here in Tennessee? No. Have you received death threats? Have you received threats from the other side? What, I meant, back to, are they going through your finances or what are they doing? To yeah, you? Bank of America withheld our money. Uh, they froze our bank accounts 14 months into this because my husband's name was on the account. And we've been deplatformed from things. You know, Airbnb canceled me because I was associated with him. Said I could never have another account again. Okay. Now, you've, um, good grief. And, and folks, I want to just, I have, you know, I, I was a federal prosecutor in Nashville for 25 years. In that period of time, you know, I prosecuted many people who were held uh, pre-trial and then after trial. After trial, they go to the Federal Bureau of Prisons, which all accounts I ever heard of the Federal Bureau of Prisons, you know, I mean, it is a prison for sure, but I never heard of anything amounting to cruel and inhuman treatment in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Uh, I mean, I'm, I have, in Nashville, Tennessee, in federal district court, I never saw anything like what you're talking about in 25 years. I, I am shocked. There is a lot of firsts when it comes to January 6th. Yeah. Is very political. People don't want to touch it. They, that's why I believe we haven't heard from. It's not lack of trying to get a hold of our representatives. It's I believe they've been told not. They're. I do know that several agencies have been told they are not allowed to speak to us. Um, you know, it took a year and a half of me um, hounding congressional members to get a meeting, and I actually had to get somebody involved from Trump's administration to kind of give that credibility before they would even 
give me a mere 15 minutes of their time. Because January 6th is, you can debate on both sides. Right. Bad things happen that day. I yes. will always stand behind that statement. Good people were caught up in bad things, you know, but you the, the process is the punishment here. And that's what's unacceptable in America. Yes. Absolutely, and I, I think I, that really, you know, and that's, no, I, I never heard of. I've never heard of the process. You know, due process is the right yeah. phrase. Yeah, your your husband did not receive and has not received due process. Uh, but I, like I said, I've I've practiced in front of Democratic judges and and Republican judges. You know, I I never saw anything like this in the Middle District of Tennessee. Not at all. And uh, I mean, uh, I mean, and I, I never saw uh, prison conditions, pretrial prison conditions, uh, anywhere close to what you're talking about. The only time I ever heard of anybody put in solitary confinement is when they were a particular uh, uh, threat inside mm-hmm. the jail. To wit, they got a shank and tried to kill somebody. You know, right. then that gets you solitary confinement. Otherwise, you weren't in solitary confinement. Uh, so I'm shocked. Seth, you wanted to talk about well, you know, things. Maybe a, the foundation stand in the gap, or what did you want to talk about? Well, I think, you know, I'll toss the ball over to Sarah here in a second for that. But as a, I, I'm a Democrat, and I'm, but I'm all for due process. And we, we were kind of speaking about that. We need to have clear rules of due process in the country. Regard, I mean, th- in this case, it's for January 6th. In another case, it could be something completely different, and it could or be African Americans or any minority or people without a voice or money yeah. or whatever. And we need to have due process for for anything, everybody. And and I'm also of the belief that a few minutes of someone's life shouldn't define their next two decades. You know what I mean? Like I to be there for this to happen, I, I don't think anything that happened with with Colton is deserving of what was the sentencing that we were expecting, you know, 15 years or something crazy like that. I, I just don't, I think due process has gone off the road and is in a ditch somewhere in this particular case. And next time it could be in a case that involves, you know, liberal activists and it doesn't really matter to me. It just matters that due process is followed. And, and I'm really, and I don't know if it's my part to be disappointed in them, but I'm because I'm a Democrat, but I'm kind of disappointed in the Republican politicians who campaign using January 6th and campaign in, in the, you know, with Trump to get as close to Trump as possible. And then when it comes to actually, you know, defending these January 6th defendants and and standing by them, I think a lot of Republican politicians here locally are absent. Well, let me, let me say this. You know, I'm not sure. Wait, wait. I'm not sure if I I wouldn't be in fear of the FBI. Even if I were a congressman. A congressman? You think? Well, I'm going to say this. I'm, I have I'm, been at rallies. I never thought I'd. Yeah, I mean, I I'm think not saying the, any names. I'm not saying no, any names. I just well, think they need to. I'm, senators. I, I will powerful. say I was at a, I a rally there, Seth, yeah. with two with a senator and a congressman, and the rows of Republicans in the audience were yelling, "What about our January six guys? Or what about the January six guys?" And the the congressman and the senator shut the conversation down. They were they're horrified and scared of it. They truly are. There is only a handful of people that will talk about January 6th. One of them is this radio station. Think about that, Delk. I meant really. Because when we brought that up the first time, I meant it was a little bit of fear about going, okay, well, uh, is this going to put a target on us? Because right now the FBI is going after people that are talking about this or having an opinion about this. Um, 
people are scared. You're exactly right. They no, are I, scared. I think I think the, that's, that's I think I, that's important to highlight though because you know when I when I was saying that I'm not that. thinking that these people are scared. I'm thinking that they they don't want a part no, of it. They don't want to get messy. I'm not scared. thinking they're scared. they're scared. Senators, congressmen, scared. I think it is so out of hand that they are scared. Yeah, they're scared. One it's congressman very against political. Yeah, one congressman against the FBI. That it, it doesn't work too well. I mean, it, the FBI is going to win. Uh, they're eventually going to even convict Bob Menendez, but um, as they should. Yeah. Anyway, what, now Sarah, let's see. We're going to take another break in just a minute. But uh, did you want to talk a little more about your foundation and what you're doing there? Yeah, absolutely. So our foundation came. Um, out of this travesty of justice. It's and called Stand in the Gap. Yes, Stand and in the Gap. More information at? Standinthegap.foundation. Yeah, and, and really our focus, it starts with January 6th defendants, but it doesn't end with January 6th because, you know, we're hopeful for pardons, we're hopeful for the right thing to be done, but we have to make sure that this never happens again in America because we, we have a constitution and we do have rules that we are supposed to live by, but it seems to be like our representatives thinks rules for thee and not for me, mm-hmm. and that's just not the way it should be. And so we need true reform in America. And so the immediate need is we help with appellate attorneys because, as we said, there's a 99.6 conviction rate. So it doesn't matter if you have a public defender or if you have a private attorney, you're being found guilty on all your charges. And the best way to explain the January 6th defendants that are in this pod is go to a church and pick whatever row you want. Pick row number 19 and tell all the men to stand up, whether they're 18 or they're 68, and you're going to be apprehended. You're going to be taken away from your family. So these families have lost an income. They've lost a father. They've lost a husband. They've lost a a son and they are just merely trying to survive in this economy on a single income trying to keep their houses their cars trying to see their loved ones and so the thing that we other project that we do is we pay for families to go visit their loved one that is incarcerated because they they went two years without seeing their fathers their their spouses their their sons and so we launched a program that we all expenses paid that way they don't have to worry about am i not going to make my house payment this month because i want to go see my loved one and so those are immediate needs you know we're not going to stop what federal law enforcement is doing we're not going to change the judicial system overnight but what we can do as americans is we can stand up for those individuals and we can alleviate the financial burden that they are having to to handle and so that's uh stand in the gap Dot foundation. Yes. All right. Get more information to help out. Go to standinthegap.foundation. All right, Clayton, I think it's time for us to take a break. Let's, I think we can do one more segment here. Uh, but let's, let's see how it goes. This is Coach Trader's Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people. The place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Carrie registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shurex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. 
Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. All right, we're back. Three News with a View, special extended edition. We're uh, preempting press plant. We're going long this morning because we have a very compelling guest. Uh, Sarah Maccabee is with us. Her husband is imprisoned uh, for uh, January 6th after uh, being uh, convicted of uh, assaulting somebody with motorcycle gloves, uh, which the government characterized as a dangerous weapon. Uh, assault with a dangerous weapon to wit motorcycle gloves and a DC jury bought it um, and I can tell you as a former federal prosecutor that there is not a jury in middle Tennessee that would buy the notion that motorcycle gloves are a dangerous weapon Sarah McAbee good morning good morning all right again I'm Del Kennedy dude number three dude number two Clayton Harris Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Regular special guest dude, Seth Campbell. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. And special guest dude, Debbie Matthews. And Jim York is here. Oh, and Jim York. I'm sorry. I'm Mr. York. I'm He's going around the, the room. I'm looking at the people in front of me, not on, not on the screen. Good morning, Mr. York, dude number one. Good morning, Del. All right. Now... Uh, Let's say instead of just saying her husband's in jail, I want I want to say her police officer husband. That's what I want to preempt everything to put this in sort of context. Your husband was a seven year police officer. Yes, that went to D.C. on D- January sixth. Okay. All right. I want I want to unless you were, you were talking about something during the break. You actually testified in front of Congress sometime in the last year. I did. I testified in June. And what was that for? It was a January 6th hearing. Okay. The the committee that Liz Cheney was on and all that? Oh, no. That clown show? No. <laughs> this Matt Gates put this together. Okay. Okay. And uh, your testimony was in front of the committee? Uh, yeah. It was in front of select individuals, yes. And so what did you did you basically just tell the story that you've told us already this morning? Yeah, pretty much, you know, and, and give credibility, you know, to me in, in regards to who I am. But unfortunately, you know, my husband's story is unique in its own way, but it's not much different from the other 1,200 individuals. And so really that's what we've asked congressional members to do is to get involved because they did have the select committee, which was such a sham show. Um, and it's come out now, yeah, you yeah. know, that they destroyed evidence, that they, they put audio over things. Like, this is yeah. supposed to be a committee. These are the people that are representing us in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And yet this is the sort of committee that, that our, our representatives here in Tennessee put their faith into when I reached out to them. And, and they said, you know, we, we have a, already have a committee assigned to this. We're going to see how it plays out. Um, 
and and it did no good for anybody. You know, I I don't understand why are they not bringing these defendants that are a mere mile from them in to testify. They've asked for that. Bring us in. We want to testify under oath. We want to walk through the footage of what happened that day. We want to tell our side of the story. But the narrative has been pushed for three years by different media outlets. It's so hard to find the truth about what happened that day. Wow. Now, you were telling me that you learned while you were in Washington about a couple things that basically the January 3rd through 7th of 2021, the government has a, uh, put together a list of everybody who came to Washington, even if they were just there for a, you know, insurance salesman commission. Yeah. And that now they're on some kind of watch list. Yes. So they have come out and said anybody in the vicinity of Washington, D.C., from January 3rd to January 7th of 2021, if you were stopping in for a layover, if that wasn't even your final destination, but you stopped in for a layover, you were there for a funeral, a work convention, whatever it was, didn't even have to be anything political or anything involving January 6th, you'll forever be on a watch list. And even more disturbing, you were telling me about uh, what happens with TSA and you attempt to fly, and you're the spouse of a January 6th uh, defendant. What happens there? Um, so if your defendant, uh, if your January 6th defendant is out for whatever reason, whether they're on bond, they're sentenced, they're serving their time, uh, if they're at a halfway house, whatever that might be, you are on the TSA watch list. And so you have the quadruple S on your, your ticket. Um, so it's, it's spouses mothers, siblings, children. There was a, a gentleman who's out. He is in Florida, and he has a um, very tiny baby under a year. I don't know the exact, but I wanted to say the baby was like eight weeks old. It was not old at all. That baby is on the watch list. And what does triple S, secure, triple S mean to the TSA? Um, it's just an advanced watch list. So because they have been deemed as domestic terrorists, um, you can't go through normal TSA. You are checked multiple times. You're your strip searched. You are, it's basically a humiliation process, to be honest with you. So let me ask you a question. Does that affect your uh, ability to buy a firearm? I have not bought one since then, so I am not sure. So if, if they are up, have got you on a terrorist watch list that's going to flag you when you fly, that means this this baby who is on there is eight weeks old. It probably preempts them the rest of their life to be able to buy a firearm for home protection. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Did he? But okay, let, let's, well, let's, uh, I'm, let's research that. Yeah, nah, nah, that's that's probably going a little too far. But um, all right, Miss York, you got any more questions? Well, well, you know the common the common thing, you know, is, is the big lie. And I know you all don't disagree with that, but look at uh, Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman. A lie was told that impacted their lives forever. And Miss McAbee, a lie was told that impact your life forever and your husband's life forever. And, and words matter. Words matter, folks. And people, have, people, you know, I know a lot of things have happened to you and you're down in the mouth and your husband's going through... But the lie started all. And the same thing with Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. The lie started. They were just simple poll workers. I don't know who. Trying to do their job. Oh, yeah, okay. Workers. The, the, you know, the hypocrisy York, is again, disgusting. Again, 2016's rigged, but 2020's not. It's a joke. 2020 was stolen, and that's my opinion. It's not a lie. It's my opinion. Um but you're not wrong in saying that a lie changed our life because they deemed January 6th as an insurrection. Yeah. Nobody is charged with insurrection. Some people are charged with conspiracy, but there was no terrorism that day. And an insurrection, that is the narrative that has been pushed. Right. Even and President that is, Trump that is has the not been charged with right. damage to right. people's lives. You know, I'm, I'm 77 years old, and I've never 
never, never seen this happen in my lifetime that caused all the disturbance because a person wanted to stay in the White House. I've never seen that happen in my lifetime. Well, no, that, we just wanted a review of the delegates and yeah. the voting, and senators were set to do that that day. Marsha Blackburn and Bill Haggerty were set to review those votes for Tennessee, and then when this happened, it shut everything down. Trump was the only person that was hurt by the deliberations being shut down that day. It's not, you know, you have a constitutional right to express an opinion that an election was stolen, uh, and but what's... What's going on in the federal D.C. courts where they're not granting changes of venue to these J6 defendants, that is, that is, that, that is a lie by these federal judges in Washington, D.C. Uh, when they rule that a fair trial can be had in, in, with a D.C. jury. That's a lie. And uh, I promise you, never, not any Middle Tennessee jury is going to deem a, and I've tried hundreds of cases, motorcycle gloves, a dangerous weapon. Seth, you got a question? Well, I was just, you know, it's a nuanced discussion, of course, because it's so it's so serious and complicated. But that's where, you know, I agree with you because I am, I think, the only one in this room, you know, Mr. York, you know, is with me, that I don't believe the 2020 election was stolen. Um, that's I, your opinion. That, that is my opinion. I okay. do not believe that. But with that being said, I still believe the people on January 6th, if they believe it was stolen, that they, you know, in the actions that occurred on January 6th, that they are awarded due process through our court system. Um, because that is within their right to believe that it was stolen. I've worked hard to, you know, show that it wasn't stolen and, and try, try to bring up some, you know, polling data and stats and stuff. But if you think it was stolen, that's on you. But, it does, you know, you still get due process, regardless of that opinion. You still get due process. I, th- I think there's some repercussions for, for cutting the legs out from the election system like that. And you, you guys think, you know, 20, that a lot of Democrats say 2016 was stolen. I never have said that myself. Um, I just think that due process needs to be followed. That's my that's my overall point. Yeah, that's, it's and I, well well said, Seth. I, yeah. You know, and that's the government's supposed to be, and our structure of laws is supposed to be like the rules of the NFL. It's like we all get out, we're opposite teams, but we play by the rule of law, right? And we have lost that. It's eroded, and there are no rules right now. That's what it feels like. Yeah, no, I think that's what's important about America is is just like Mr. York and Seth. I think everybody's entitled to their own opinion. That's what makes America unique compared to all of these other countries in the world, right? But at the same time, we do have rules of law that we should abide by. And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle right. you sit on. We can argue January 6th all day long, in the election all day long. Everybody has their own opinion about it. Right. But what happened from January 7th on, that is what is very concerning, that they can treat American citizens the way they do simply because of their political beliefs. Like I said, they are judged by a day on the calendar rather than their actions that day. So you have, you know, the inauguration in 2017 of what happened in Washington, D.C. You have the Summer of Love and the George Floyd protest. And none of those people, you just heard about the the two individuals that burnt down a Wendy's in Atlanta. They they have been given fines and have been let out. Yet you have people sitting in Washington, D.C. going on three years now that are still sitting there pre-trial. It's amazing. And, and again, I've never heard, of, you know, the January 6th defendants have been put in a pod for the purpose of singling them out. And this is according to what Sarah's told us, for the purpose of singling them out for for particularly more vicious, uh, bad treatment 
than the other inmates in other pods in the same jail. This is like, you know, I mean, what if we said, okay, we're going to put all you black people over here in one pod, and, you know, you're going to be put in solitary confinement 22 hours a day and all this kind of stuff, and all you white people will be in these pods where, you know, you're not in solitary confinement. I mean, that's the same thing. Singling out people because of the crime that is alleged against them uh, for particularly bad treatment and imprisonment. Well, that, is, that is just as unconstitutional as lopping off heads. Yeah, that's also the problem. In America, you're supposed to be innocent until you're proven guilty, right? And it's, it should be the government's job, the prosecution's job, to well, prove also, their case. But that's just not the way it is anymore. We were trying, as the defense was trying to prove our his innocence because he is viewed as guilty. I truly believe when those jurors were picked and they said it was a January 6th case and they're not supposed to go look on the Internet when they broke for lunch, they immediately went and searched his name. I believe they had found him guilty before they even saw a shred of evidence. That appears to be. So me. your husband hasn't been found guilty, so when is the date for his trial, Ms. No, it has been found guilty. He has and been found guilty, October 28th was his trial, Jim. He has not been Okay, sentenced. so he's already been found guilty. Yes. And he's incarcerated now. Yes, Correct. he's been incarcerated. Yeah, okay. 28 months. He's awaiting sentencing at this point. Where the government's looking for 14 to 17 years for motorcycle gloves. I think people need to take everybody's story is unique. And like I said, it's unique, but unfortunately, it's not the same. And whether what happened that day, right or wrong, people need to be held accountable exactly. on both sides. Yes. They do. There needs to be accountability. There needs to be true investigations into what happened prior to that and what has happened afterwards. So that's what the American people can get behind is true investigations and figuring out what happened that day and holding these people accountable. There shouldn't be two tiers of justice. If you're not going to hold the people accountable for what happened in 2017 and 2020 with all of the riots across America, then you shouldn't hold these people accountable for the mere actions that they took on January 6th. A lot of them for just walking through the Capitol and and nonviolent, because that's the thing. People want to, again, categorize violent versus nonviolent. But my husband wasn't, quote, violent that day. He was protecting himself and protecting others around him, yet he's deemed as a violent individual. And so they have to look at every single case and look at those for what it's worth instead of a blanket pardon for all, because I don't think that's going to do any good either, because there are individuals that did do bad things that day. But they have been overcharged and overpunished, and that is not the America that I once knew. Yes. Very well said. That's very, very well said. Clayton, you got a question? Yeah. After the sentencing, where do you go from there uh, with the appeals process? We can start the appeals process as soon as he is sentenced. Now, after he is sentenced, he will be shipped to whatever federal prison that they deem him to be, and he will remain incarcerated during that time period. But the appeal process, it takes it to the circuit court, takes it out of the district court's hands, and it goes in front of a panel of three judges. That's the the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And what I've been seeing coming out of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals doesn't seem too much better than what's been coming out of the district courts up there. No, and again, you would look at these cases. If you took January 6th off of these cases... I mean, the D.C. Court of Appeals judges appear to be as biased as the... Oh, no, they absolutely do. As the district judges and the magistrates Well, we'll see what happens at the Supreme Court, the highest court of the land, too, because the 1512 charge that they have said is an obstruction of justice charge that they have penned on a lot of these individuals is now going to be heard by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has accepted that for review uh, as to whether or not... Uh, that that's the one that's called obstruction of justice, obstruction of, uh, of Congress. Yes. And uh, it was a part of Sarbanes-Oxley uh, and 
was intended at its founding to, you know, if, if, if Congress was investigating some corporate misdeeds and the corporation cooked the books, then, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it, it doesn't have anything to do with, uh, with January 6th. It doesn't have anything to do with the destruction of evidence, which is what 1512 is all about. Right. But we'll see. The Supreme Court's accepted that. Uh, all right, Clayton, are we, are we going well, to take and a... The thing with Colorado, the, the thing that just came down last night, is is that they were trying to get Trump to... Uh, well, they've gotten Trump off the primary ballot in Colorado. Yeah, I okay? saw that. But they based it on that he uh, was an insurrectionist. But he's not been charged with that at all. There are no charges on that. So it's like either charge people with that and uphold it or not. Your husband was not charged with insurrection, correct? Right, correct. Okay. So. Nobody has been charged with insurrection. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, I think the, the, I, I dove into the, to that Colorado ruling just briefly, uh, late last night, early this morning. And it said, I think the wording says engage in insurrection. So I think they're, I think that's where it's. I, I think that's what they're playing with is what I'm trying to tell you. I, I don't think that that's a smart move. I don't think that, you know, it's kind of unrelated to what we're talking about today, but I don't think it's a smart move by the Colorado Supreme Court to do that. I think it only benefits Trump. But I think that they they liberally applied that word engage in insurrection. So you don't have to be proven or charged with it, but they, they think he engaged in it. Right. So well, that, that's just my take. You know, I don't think it's right. I think he should be on the presidential primary ballot for Colorado folks to choose from. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that, that's my rationale for why they did it. But no, but if, you know, I hope no other states do that because that's not the, that's not the way to go about doing that. Well, Colorado has said that they will remove the whole GOP from a primary slate and do a full on caucus like we did here a few years ago. What Iowa does, they will caucus to choose their candidate. So, okay, we'll let's, see. let's uh, take a break and come back and talk to Sarah some more while we got her. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hoods for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years, and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Come, Senators, Congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway. Don't block up the hall. For he that gets hurt will be the one who has stalled. There's a battle outside and it's raging. It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls. For the times they are a changing. Okay, we're back. Three dudes with a view. We're holding over. We're preempting Chris Plant. This will be our last segment, though. Once again, folks. 
This will be out there on podcast. You can go to our website and find the podcast. You can go anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Uh, you can also go to our website where you can watch and listen. Uh, it'll be it's it's live right now, and it'll also be archived uh, to come back and watch and listen later if you want. Uh, and I would urge you to share this with uh, your friends. What we've been hearing this morning from Sarah Maccabee about uh, her experience as the wife of a January 6th defendant, it's absolutely shocking to me as a former federal prosecutor. Uh, I've never heard of anything like this in American jurisprudence. And it all centers around uh, D.C., where the juries are... Uh, biased, the judges are biased, and they're, what's, uh, good morning, Sarah. Good morning. <laughs> okay. What, what's it I'm looking for? I mean, they think they own D.C. and. They I, think they're above the law. Yeah, That's they what do. they think. Yeah. That's that that what, they don't have to play by the rules. Because and they're D.C. I think, guys, yeah. I, I'm more jaded than that. I think they've been paid for Mm -hmm. by the establishment and told how to vote. And I believe that with all that I have. I'm not sure, but I think think, uh, Sarah's on to something. They think think we're D.C. and we can do whatever the heck we want. Yeah, and and like we were talking about, what what do we do about this situation? And and thank you for having me on. I know this is a very deep subject. It's something that a lot of people don't want to talk about. But thank you for giving us this platform because there is stuff that has to be done about it. I believe that they haven't been moved out of D.C. And this continues on three years later because of we the people, because they made examples out of these individuals for January 6th. And people are fearful. Just like we said earlier, are are people even afraid to donate to your foundation because they're going to be on a list? Absolutely. They have ran fear. They have instilled fear into American citizens for us to sit back and do nothing because that's what apathy is. Enough good people sit back and do nothing. And I believe that's why we are where we are in this country. And this has allowed, this is not only was allowed to happen on January January 6th, but it continues to happen three years later. Well, fear's the number one way you control people. All right. Debbie Matthews, special guest. Yes, speaking out right now. I'm Del Kennedy, dude number three. Clayton Harris, dude number two. Hey, Del. Good morning, everybody. Seth Campbell, special guest. Hey, good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Del. Good morning. All right. So, so, so fear, fear is what how they control populations. It's been done forever. You know, misinformation. Uh, I mean, it goes all the way back. To, I mean, well, we can, and, and once again, I think what you've got to look at here is, I, like I said, I'm, I retired five years ago, but I, I mean, federal court here in the Middle District of Tennessee, you know, this just wouldn't happen. Right. And we've got Democratic, I think more Democratic yeah, judges probably. than we've got mm-hmm. uh, Republican judges right now in, in Middle Tennessee. But they, they. The, the federal judges we've had in, that I've practiced in front of for 25 years, whether Democrat or Republican, they didn't come in with their party affiliation on their sleeve. They were, they left it at the door. Right. Uh, yeah, and and they were uh, very fair judges for the most part. Every judge got a little bias somewhere, but sure. yeah. Let's talk right. about DC just really quick. They have focused so much on this political stuff. And let crime run so rampant in their street that this past week, both of their major league sports teams are leaving. They have done 
infrastructure development around where these teams play. Yeah. They have built things, restaurants, whatever, and these teams have said the crime is so bad in D.C. that we are pulling our places and moving to Virginia. And so what is going to devolve into D.C. right now, instead of focusing on crime in their streets and making sure D.C. is safe, they are focusing on this, and okay. this is going to be the demise well, of D.C. Well, I don't know it's going to be the demise of D.C. They think they're above the law, and, and uh, they've proven so far to be right. on. And, and it's not just on January 6th defendants. It's on a range of issues that you all know about. But, uh, you know, the question was blurted out, um, where do we go from here? You know, what uh, now that we've seen heard Sarah's story, and I think any reasonable American is shocked by it. Uh, you know, what happens next, and Sarah, you know these things, I think, probably at this point as well as I do. Uh, you've got two issues that one has been accepted by the Supreme Court uh, already, the U.S. Supreme Court, and that's the uh, 18 U.S.C. 1512 obstruction of a proceeding of Congress where there's a, I mean, I've read the brief in that, that it, it doesn't involve the facts of January 6th at all. It's a parsing of the words of 1512. Now, your husband, though, was not charged with 1512. No, he was not. Okay. But that has potential to, if the Supreme Court uh, rejects a broad interpretation of 1512, which is what Jack Smith is asking for, and instead uh, construes the statute naturally, narrowly, that could throw out a number of January 6th defendants. 330 people have been charged with that. With 1512. Mm-hmm. And I've heard even the D.C. District Prosecutor uh, is is so concerned about it that he's quit, so concerned that it it's not the right statute, that it doesn't apply, that he's quit charging a new defendant. They have. They've stopped charging. Matthew Graves have stopped charging people. With, with, with 1512. With 1512. Yes. And the reason they charged 1512, though, is because it carries a 20-year maximum, and they were just trying to get as much time as they could. Yes. Folks, you may be hearing a little noise. We've got a little construction going on around here. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. And for, to be charged with 1512, did you need to enter the building? No. <laughs> the only reason my husband was not charged is because he waited a week before trial to deny all plea deals, so they did not have time to supersede him because they – threatened him with the 1512 and another 111B, an assault charge with a deadly or dangerous weapon, um, if he did not take the plea deal. And he didn't, but he waited the time clock, so they did not have time to supersede him. Right. And 1512, of course, is just a bludgeon they've been using against these January 6th because it carries 20 years. Mm-hmm. And that's 20 years without parole in the federal yeah. system. <laughs> All right. And uh, and it's it, it's very arguable as to whether it applies, and it would it would – let me try to put it in layman's terms. It would require a very broad, expansive interpretation of 1512 for it to apply. So it's really down in the weeds sort of argument you tortured first-year law students with, but that's what it is. The other thing that's going on is that in one of the most bizarre moves, and you say, how's this going to end? You know, In one of the most bizarre moves that I've ever seen, uh, Jack Smith has petitioned the Supreme Court to grant certiorari to the question of whether or not the actions of a president while he is in office to whip President Trump uh, are protected by sovereign immunity. Uh, And 
in a, I mean, that's one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen. Instead of the, allowing the normal process where you go to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals first, then they render opinion, and then a petition is made to the Supreme Court. Jack Smith has petitioned the Supreme Court to just bypass the D.C. Circuit and go ahead and hear it. Well, he's only got one reason for that, because that issue is in his way, and he can't get Trump tried before the next election unless he gets that issue out of the way, and Sarah's across from me nodding her head. And so that's just bizarre. And, uh, well, you've never seen this type of going after a president of the United States like you have right now. You know, he, he's a citizen now, and they well, have gone after him on so many levels simply because they do not want him to run in this next election. If, if he were not running, guys, well, but 99% of this would not be charged, wouldn't be hearing about it. There would not be these cases. How, but how does this end? But, it's, but I've gone off track, too, here, because that just involves Trump, but it's... It's one of the issues that's mm-hmm. what, what we're concerned about here is is Ronald McAbee and his wife Sarah McAbee and what their experience has been. Uh, so Clayton, have you got any more questions? No, not really. I mean, it's just uh, what we've heard today has just been stunning. And um, I mean, I, I didn't even know about the death of the lady uh, that Roseanne Borland. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, the, the press is not. Being the press, the press is being an arm, excuse me, Seth, mm-hmm. of the DNC. I mean, this is the media is owned by the Democratic Party, and they are only showing what they want to show. Okay. Nancy Pelosi well, went in on January 6th with her daughter, who's a documentary filmmaker, with a camera specifically to do this because the the actual congressional hearing that day needed to take place so we right. could send this Debbie, election back to the states. Debbie, we're cracking up here. Sarah, wind it up for us. Uh, what do you see going forward? What what can what can we do? What what can this country do? How does this stop? How does how do we prevent the absolute deprivation of due process to defendants who happen to be charged in the District of Columbia? We need our voices heard. As a good friend told me yesterday, we need recognition of this, right? Because we ask for investigations, but that is such a huge thing to ask for, to to have somebody take on in the government. But we, the people, need to get behind and put pressure on representatives and let them know that these defendants are not forgotten about. And what American citizens can do is is several different things. Like I said, we're not going to stop what the federal government, federal law enforcement is doing. We're not going to change the judicial system overnight. So the immediate need is to help alleviate the financial burden for these individuals and uh, you can donate to them individually you can donate to foundations like mine that that help people stand in the gap dot foundation you can merely write to them if you go to patriotmailproject.com you can find these individuals and how to write them what you can send to them to let them know that you're an american that supports them because they've been doing this for three years now and and how we got the name stand in the gap is we said they stood for us on january 6th and it's time that we stand for them we need to let them know that they are not in this fight alone there's 27 tennis that have been affected by January 6th, my husband being one of the 27. We need to get on a local level and take care of our own. What happened to the churches that take care of these individuals? You know, we're not talking about January 6th. We're talking about these families that are absolutely suffering at the hands of the federal government. That's just amazing. Uh, And I think we're also, you know, we've always been concerned to some extent about the federal judges who were appointed here in Tennessee. Uh, but it seems now to me that I, I have a, a belief or an impression that the appointment of District of 
Columbia judges, which they have to be confirmed by the Senate just like any other federal judge, has been looked at as something that doesn't affect the country. Well, now we know it does. It does. And we need to demand that our representatives, uh, first of all, they need, we, when they when they our senators, when they confirm a District of Columbia judge or a District of Columbia Court of Appeals judge, that they don't just look at whether or not that judge is compatible with the District of Columbia. They need to ask whether that judge is compatible with the country because Absolutely. it affects the country. Absolutely. Yeah, it, let me say this. I, I've been listening to this discussion all along. And, Ms. McAbee, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say it straight out. Not one thing that people did on January 6th against the Capitol enhanced my freedoms or my ability in a democracy. It really tried to set it back. And like I told you, I'm a product of the 60s. I've been in many demonstrations and, and, and fighting for freedom, but I don't see anything that the January 6th people did that enhanced my democracy or my freedoms. Well, I believe they well, were set up from the very beginning. I believe that there was a you, you've seen how many rallies before where there's been no violence. No, you might have had a fight break out here and there, but you don't see what happened and, on January and 6th. Nothing justifies the way they've been treated as defendants after the fact. The do goal nothing, was to, due process. Right, we the need goal due process. was to shut down the process at the Capitol that day. That well, was what the establishment wanted was those to be shut down, and they did it, guys. Right, they right. did it. Let's focus on. They did. We should all Sarah have the right McAbee, to protest. thank you and yeah. good luck. Thank you. When the